So th- there was a, a video that NFL Films put out where D'Amico Ryans was on the sidelines prior to the um, the fourth and two play where uh, Flacco throws the pick six to Christian Harris. Yeah. And D'Amico's talking to Christian Harris. And he's basically telling – we can maybe get the clip. But he's basically telling Christian Harris, he's like, trust me. He's like, do not move. <laughs> Stay right there. Read the quarterback's eyes. He's going to throw it right to you. And Lima texted me, and he's like, can you explain this? Like, what happened here? And I'm like, it's it's actually pretty simple. Like, Did, did Lima use voice to text or no? Because he just texted me, and he was like, he, at the end of it, he goes, I, I use voice to text. My bad. I don't know. But either way. He did good, though. He did much better than I would do. But But here's the thing. Okay, so like when you watch film, you understand tendencies in what teams like to do. And sometimes you guess right. Sometimes you guess wrong. And in this situation – they were trying to do it's fourth and two, right? So you're yeah. just you're just trying to get a check down. It's a sit down route to Harrison Bryant, and Bryant goes right past the sticks. He sits there, and Christian Harris literally read the eyes of Flacco the entire way. He jumped it. He jumped it. But D'Amico knew that from film, and Harris trusted him, and he picked it off and took it to the house. And it's like it seems like it's magic. It's not magic. It's just preparation, and it's a good job by by D'Amico. And the player trusting his coach who played the position, he's like, he literally says, trust me. And he did, and it paid off. I mean, it was just, it's just great. I mean, teams have tendencies, and you can pick up on this stuff all the time. It's why I love playing with Mike Doss, because like when I played with Mike Doss, like the, the guy was was a, a total film junkie, but also a freak athlete and a just a great, great, great player. And so there were times where he'd go off script. Mm-hmm. Because he knew what was coming. Did you always say he he would pay, pick he you up would, a lot too? He would tell me he'd be like, "Foxy, slants coming, slants coming." <laughs> He's like, "Quick right, out, right. quick out, quick out." Yeah. And I and I I'd look at him and I would just be like, "Okay." And I would I would listen to him because I was a sophomore and he was a, or a freshman or sophomore and he was a senior. Mm-hmm. And and I would just trust him and just like D'Amico said to to Christian Harris, that was like kind of how like Doss used to treat me and I I would listen to him and I made a ton of plays because dude knew exactly what was going to happen. Before it happened. What I like about plays like this, too, and we'll get a little bit more into the the nitty gritties out of that. I like that, though. I think that's fun. Is is like Bobby Slowick is the one that came away out of that game, the offensive coordinator for Houston, as people just wanted to praise him, right? It was like, oh, Bobby Slowick and CJ Stroud. And it just, it, I thought it devalued the job that D'Amico Ryans had been doing. And I thought it devalued the job that the defense did in that game against the Browns. Because let's be honest about it, Joe Flacco has that opportunity. You're what, down 10? When Joe Flacco throws that first pick six, you're down 10. You're right in that game. If yeah. Joe Flacco had turned that into the shootout that we thought it was going to start to be, like in the first quarter, we're, all, we're convinced it's going to be a shootout, right? If he just continued to go down that road, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Browns are able to stay into it. But D'Amico Ryan's had that. He had that all figured out. There's a reason why he was up for coach of the year next to Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten but, a lot of praise. I'm not trying to like undersell the amount of praise that he's gotten, but I felt like leaving that playoff game, it was all CJ Stroud, it was all Bobby Slowick. I think it's funny. I, I tweeted D'Amico's going to be a hell of a coach. People are like, he already is. I'm like, yeah, he's a good coach. He's a rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. And like things can go south real quick. He's got to prove it and continue to get better. But he looks like he's on a fast track to being a really, really good coach in this league. I feel like sometimes, Dustin, when we talk about everyone's always like, oh, you don't want to pair up a young, great quarterback with a defensive minded coach. But you you just you forget about the little moments like this. You forget, you forget about the, the I would always rather have a defensive defensive minded head coach. Always? Always, yeah, because 
I, I think those guys are are more suited to be like engaged with the game as opposed to being so like and this may just come off as is totally like not proper, but like offensive guys are kind of dorks. <laughs> they kind of are. They're, okay. they're not really football guys. Just defensive guys are just more badass, or they're what? They're just more football guys. I mean, you're clearly a defensive guy talking and telling yeah, me this but, right but, now. But, but you, you, do you get the point I'm trying to make? I do. You know, like sometimes these guys get so caught up in like the analytics, and I love analytics. Well, yeah, Bobby Sloak used to work for Pro Football Focus, and, and I think that there's a, a place for, for analytics in football, and it, really in all sports, frankly. But like sometimes. I think you just got to be a football guy and go out there and play the damn game and understand the situation and have a feel for how the game's going and what you have to do to win the football game. You're describing Dan Campbell is what you're describing. To some degree, but Dan was an offensive guy. No, I know, but I'm like that idea, that ideology, and that's why I'm kind of like, like, you can find them everywhere, can you not? Yeah, you can. But you just think they, they throw I, more I, on the defense. I, I did side. a game this year, um, a college game, and it was a... Uh, Jeff Trailer, the head coach at UTSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's a really high rising coach. Who was a legendary coach in, in in the high school ranks in Texas, which is basically like coaching college football. Mm-hmm. Got the job at UTSA, and and a lot of people wanted to be a head coach at a bigger school. Anyway, point is, it doesn't matter. I asked him about analytics, and he goes, "You know, what I believe in manalytics." <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of like the greatest lines I've ever heard. It was just very funny because he's like, "Yeah, we use it, but like it's like Tim the Toolman Taylor." I don't, yeah, <laughs> which is, yeah, okay, exactly. So it was pretty cool. But anyway, uh, I think D'Amico is going to be a hell of a coach. So you think defense? Even, let's say even for the Bears, for instance, right? They're going to take Kayla Williams. They're they're keeping Matt Eberflus. Yeah, they, but you got you got to have you got to have some really good bright offensive but, minds that you trust. Yeah, but this goes to the conversation we've been having all day long. Then, how do you get one of those those guys to come on over? Well, be you, a part if, of your team while not getting yeah, that big here's responsibility. The, here's, the th- here's the thing, JP. Like, if you get a, a young guy that you trust, or somebody, hell, even an older guy, it doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter in this whole situation. It's somebody you trust that can run the offense. If you've got a good staff that you believe in, I, I think you you put yourself in a better position. I just that that just goes back to. to you know, my my days of playing and the coaches that that I played for, I just felt like they were more. Um, now, Andy Reid obviously is a little bit different because he was. I I I played for Andy in, in Philadelphia, and he's a, a genius. Yeah, when it comes to to offense and things like that. But like, I don't know. I just think defensive coaches have more of a feel for the actually like being a a more of a head football coach. I mean, that's Belichick. That's Saban. I was thinking Belichick. I was thinking Saban. As, I, as I'm going through with this. Two, are, two of the greatest the, coaches of all the, time are defensive guys. The ones guys. we think of in the highest regard are defensive guys at the heart of it. Yeah. It's interesting. Two one six four seven four to below 92. I, maybe that's just the idea that. It's just me. It's my opinion. It doesn't, no, it doesn't it. mean I'm right or wrong. I always. So I'm. Obviously, I didn't play the game. That's very well established. I come from a more analytical minded way of thinking about football. Right. And I, maybe I just come from too, too much of a simpleton way of thinking about this as well. I think about the most important position being the quarterback, and I always think of, okay, how do we support that guy and prop that guy up the most? You know, And that's why, that's why when, when I'm thinking about the hirings across the NFL, I'm thinking about Philadelphia. I'm thinking about the Chargers. I'm thinking about Atlanta. I'm thinking about all these spots. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them the best offensive mind you possibly can and working my way out there. Like today's NFL to me, Dustin, although Belichick does exist, obviously, but today's NFL to me is more about Shanahan and McVay than it is to me about Belichick. It's more about if you can scheme guys up, if you guys if you get the best offensive talent and you get the best offensive I mean, think about this weekend. Dallas had one of the best defenses we have in the NFL. They got lit up for nearly fifty by Green Bay. 
and the Browns are one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they got lit up by C.J. Stroud. I just, I in a, in a world where defense wins championships, I tend to think the offense really is it just reigns supreme right now in this this iteration of the NFL. And I don't know if this iteration of the NFL is going to last either. You know, I, I, I maybe it's just a it, you know everything is cyclical that way. It, it, it ebbs and flows. It goes up and down. It goes, you know, all over the place. But I, you gave me a lot to think about. I, I like as a football guy yourself. I like you. You saying though, you think defensive guys are where it's at. I do. I mean, I because I, here's the thing: most defensive head coaches don't really call the plays defensively. They've just they've just been around good people. They understand their scheme. They they hire people to come in that know how to run their defense, mm-hmm. and they trust them. And then you trust your offensive guys to do do their thing. The best head coaches, I believe, let their coaches do their damn thing. And then hey, once in a while per game. You sort of step in and, and, hey, maybe it's a fourth and one, fourth and two at the 40-yard line. And you're like, you know what? I think we should go for this. Like, you make those calls. Yeah. You make the decisions. You manage. You talk to your players on the sidelines. You you get the guys fired up. You you understand because you watch more tape. You understand both offense and defense. And I've talked to so many head coaches over the years that they don't even want to call plays. They they think that being a head coach is so difficult that it, it, it takes so much – like – you're taking a lot off your plate mm-hmm. by not calling plays. Let's see if Stefanski eventually goes that route.